0: Alex here. Welcome to the second episode of Terror Talk. In this episode, I sat down with Tyler of the popular paranormal podcast, Believing the Bizarre. We dive into horror movies, scary video games, and behind the scenes information about his podcast. Without further ado, let's jump into the interview. All right, Tyler, to kick us off, tell us a little bit about how you got into the horror genre and your history with horror movies. So, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. Um,
1: <laughs> it's, it's always good to chat, but especially about this topic. So I used to always, and I, I'm still going to give it adequate credit, but I used to always say sci-fi, the sci-fi channel, because like, you know, cable was much bigger when we were growing up than it is now. People weren't cord cutting and all that. And I just remember, like all week long, they would just hype whatever movie was going to be at nine o'clock Saturday night on Sci-Fi.
0: Do you remember that? Not really. I didn't really watch Sci-Fi all that much, so. Okay. If for whatever for whatever reason it would be, and it, and they were never good. Like they were never
1: good. they were like Sci-Fi originals, like knockoffs of other things and overly CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, but occasionally you'd you'd get a good one. But you know, if I'd come home do homework and then at seven o'clock just check out sci-fi and this was before it was like face off and uh the, like the zombie movie and chucky and things like that like it was normally horror movies or sci-fi movies it wasn't like tv shows or reality uh tv and the whole week they would just hype that movie that was coming out saturday and because i'm such a night owl i would just like i'd, I'd wait for it i'd wait for it and then i'd watch it at nine o'clock and then i'd like play video games until like midnight and then I might watch it again at 1am or I'd watch whatever, whatever movie is on at like two in the morning on sci-fi that I felt like I shouldn't be watching at 10 years old, but I just, I just never, I never slept. But the more I think about it, I think I got to give my parents credit too, because when I think back to films, like from my young, young childhood, they always seem to be like nightmare before Christmas or my mom. still was like, Oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have let you watch. Oh my God. Why can't I think of the name? Uh, the, the, the the zombie movie, the zombie movie. The... Night of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like four years old. And I was I remember laying down a blanket and a pillow in front of the TV. And they we watched Night of the Living Dead.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't remember it traumatizing me unless I repressed it. But uh, it was it's definitely like I would say the first half of of my life, it was like horror movies and the mystery of it. And then it started sliding into like taps. And ghost adventures and it was like okay there's not first of all it's not just this unrealistic fake reality that you know hollywood studios is creating this creepy stuff now we're getting even if it's embellished and i'm 15 i'm not thinking about it that way you know we're getting like taps and ghost hunters and and you get to see it and then you're like wait a minute like we could be doing this i could be doing this and and obviously i, I couldn't at 15 but it, it, it went from like this surrealism this craziness that i loved very much and and then it turned into like seeing more of these shows where i don't want to say amateurs but people who aren't famous you know they're not actors and they're going out and they're and they're doing you know ghost hunting and paranormal investigations and stuff on tv Mm -hmm. and not just like youtube or things like that so i think it was kind of like a one-two punch and I, i don't know how much we'll be talking about horror video games in here it's called terror talk and i feel like it's about movies but I would say a, a large portion of where I come from in horror is also video games. Mm-hmm. So that's that's uh, my my answer there. We
0: could we could definitely talk about video games. You know, this is just general. You you play and... more you play more horror video games than I do now. Unfortunately, sure. unfortunately, I do. <laughs> I'm not like the biggest fan of horror games, but people like watching me do it. So I, I you know. Those seem to be the Twitch games, right? Like if you're watching someone
1: on Twitch, I feel like it's the Dead by Daylight. It's that phantasm, phantasmophobia, or amnesia, or or Dead by Daylight. You know, mm. it's cool.
0: Yeah, it's great. You know, <laughs> I'm like generally unfazed by horror movies, but horror video games is where it gets me. So, well, you're in control.
1: I mean, I rem- like playing Slender, right? <laughs> like when we were in, like the lights off.
0: It's terrifying. It's yeah, it's a different experience for sure. But I'm curious now when you kind of did the shift to watching more ghost adventures or taps, have you found that that shifted what kind of horror movies you watch or did that kind of remain separate?
1: I don't, I don't think so. Um, Because I think a lot of my, my favorite horror movies aren't always hauntings. Although uh, if you asked me my favorite, a lot of them would be hauntings, but I really I really like the like road trip like teens in a car drive somewhere and something happens before they reach their destination which is very obviously very much different from like taps or ghost hunting mm-hmm. but I think it it opened up new ideas and it it kind of gave me a new lens to look at horror movies from right like you might not know what an EVP is or you you know you might not know like temperature change or things like that like things and those are very basic but I feel like things that you can pick up on in paranormal investigation shows make you a little bit more of an educated consumer when you're watching a horror movie, even though I don't I don't know if that makes a difference. and I don't know if any like filmmakers put that into consideration. but <laughs> honestly, it feels like horror movies are like the, I always have to make a, a sports reference, so I apologize. You're good. But watching horror movies are kind of like watching the Browns. Like you come in with low expectations. Like nobody like maybe it's changed recently. But it feels like horror movies get away with some really, really bad content. And they're just like, well, it's just a horror movie. And if it's good or if, you know, the Browns play well, you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I I think it's been stepped up in the last 15 years, in my opinion. But that's how it definitely used to be for me, at least. You mean in like quality wise or? Quality, writing, acting. Yeah. Yeah. Character development, you know that's mm-hmm. i feel like horror movies always been it was a little bit a step behind and it went for like the shock value at least like maybe 70 percent of horror movies i feel like there's always gonna be 30 percent of any genre that puts out really really good content mm-hmm. but i feel like if, you know if you if you just went to family video or blockbuster and just picked up a random horror movie and you put it in it's kind of like ugh, you know i don't know about you sometimes i would get burnout and i'd be like i just need to watch a good movie like, I like I'd want to watch a horror movie, but I'm like, I, I need I need like a Leonardo DiCaprio or like I need I need an actor with chops out there to carry. Like, I need that. Mm-hmm. I definitely hit that stage with a little bit of a burnout. But I feel I really do think that in the last 10 to 15 years, horror movies have stepped up their game. Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah. It's like there's a certain level of cheesiness that is enjoyable. But then sometimes there's that line where it's just it's just bad and, and not even in a fun way. It's just you can't even watch this movie i think with the new i guess i don't want to call it a trend but with elevated horror being a topic you know ari aster things Mm -hmm. like hereditary i think i think horror has a better name for itself than it definitely has like mid 2000s uh so depending on if you like those kinds of movies if they're not too pretentious uh quality has definitely gone up
1: yeah i mean ari ari is it ari aster Mm -hmm. that Ari Aster, I just, I just always associate A24, yeah. I know that's not always accurate, but like Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. James Wan, and actually one that I, I didn't realize how much I liked until very, very recently, so this is actually really good timing, but I really like Mike Flanagan, who's done, he did The Haunting Hill House, Blind Manor, I'm watching the Edgar Allan Poe one right now, okay. The Fall of the Usher House, it is so good, I do not binge, much but mm-hmm. i i watched each episode's an hour and i was on epi- i went from episode one to six in one day like it was excellent and then oculus and and one of the ouija films i i because I, the only reason I, I know it's him is because well he does a really good job with like planting things in the background and a tasteful use of jump scares but it's the same actors like where do i recognize that person from oh it's it's the midnight club where do i recognize that person from oh it's haunting hill house or you know it's the, i like that he kind of has the people he likes working with
0: yeah definitely i actually have not started follow the house of usher yet but yeah his shows i will watch in like one weekend did you watch uh midnight mass i did
1: not watch midnight mass but i watched
0: midnight club oh, okay and i i get them mixed up but i do need to watch midnight mass right would you Mid- agree? Yes, Midnight Mass was probably my favorite one. It destroyed me at the end though. <laughs> I was yeah. very upset, but it was cathartic. So I definitely I recommend. De-
1: I got destroyed because Midnight Club got canceled after one season and mm. there was still
0: so much room to, to grow. Really? Oh, so it wasn't like a one off kind of limited series? I don't well, it they claimed it was cancelled
1: so maybe he always intended it to be one but it leaves on a a bit of a cliffhanger so i feel like there was maybe it was like hey it's a solid season but we'll leave
0: room for more if they allow it and it just it didn't hit it Uh, okay yeah i heard mixed things about that i haven't watched that one actually uh but i heard it was out of all his other shows not the best i
1: i didn't see midnight mass so i can't compare but there was like four people from The Fall of the Usher House. Where I'm like, where's, oh, you midnight club? Where's that? Like, there's like three or four different actors. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, man. Now you want to go back and watch that.
0: Yeah, even in his movies, like, I think the most recent one I watched was Hush. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. The home invasion nef- one? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not a huge home invasion person, but it was done well. And I, I didn't mind The Purge. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, The Purge, I feel like, for what it was to make it a home invasion movie, was kind of, like, you don't need to take away the legality of murdering someone to make it a home invasion <laughs> house. Yeah, they're like, invasion, we're gonna create sorry. this
1: whole thing to make it okay, but it it could have happened. It's one night could have happened anyway, right?
0: Exactly. I was like, okay. And I haven't seen any the other Persian movies, so I don't know if they expand upon that. But I was like, what a missed opportunity in my opinion.
1: They they do. And the second one it's like citywide. So at least they open it up. But yeah, I guess it's just like they were like it's 2000s people can just call 911 on their phones everyone has their cell phones on them and then I guess like well what if they couldn't call I don't know I don't know
0: yeah to to go that route when you could have really just done anything at that point I was like oh that's a choice but it wasn't bad I guess yeah I do have to ask you that question what Mm. is your favorite horror movie or if you have a couple I'll let you say a couple it's it's always been three and I realized like 2004 to like
1: 2006 is my impressionable gaming stage like gta san andreas metal gear solid snake eater the sims 2 on console um resident evil 4 like i realized a lot of my favorite video games that i always want to go back and play latch on to is like that time period 2004 2006 for whatever reason 2010 to 2013 is my movie impressionable stage because it is conjuring insidious and sinister i i wouldn't say they're the best horror films although i think conjuring is i i think Conjuring's top five but so i don't think they're the best ever created but they're for whatever reason they're my favorite maybe i just really like patrick wilson but
0: is he an he's alt- in all he's in he's, conjuring. Not doing, he's
1: in two of them he's he's in two of he's them he's not he's not in sinister no but ethan Hawkins, is and he's awesome yeah but uh you th- those are my top three there's there's many more i like i love oculus I love Jordan Peele. I love Get Out. I like Nope. Uh, It probably for me would be Get Out, Nope, and then Us. I love Devil's Advocate. I love The Ring, Old It, New It, It Follows, Hell House, LLC, The Ritual. Yeah, that's a good. And then let's just throw in uh,
0: Wrong Turn. Wrong Turn? The first Wrong Turn, I'm hoping? All of them, except I didn't love. I didn't well
1: you like them all for the same reason it's just like disturbed like I guess I guess it's like it's like why people like Final Destination or Saw it's like you know the deaths in a wrong turn are gonna just be ridiculous like have you, you see the one with the harvester like Mm-mm. they bury this kid up to his head and they just kill him with like a harvester machine like it's just like one of those things it's like i don't i don't know like it's just it's just watching like i wouldn't go as far as human centipede but yeah. I, I i like wrong turn for that i think the second wrong turn is my favorite where it's supposed to be like a survivor it's it's like a group of people on a tv show like survivor where they're sent out to west virginia or virginia or whoever and they're like playing this game and there's like a production crew with them and then the people from the family from wrong side kill them. but it, it's they did a remake of of not wrong side wrong turn. They did a remake of wrong turn, and it's not at all what I expected. And I actually wasn't a big fan of it.
0: Oh okay, it wasn't like the old ones. It was
1: like they stumbled in into a society, and it just like this is it's it's kind of like I don't want to say like the village. It'd okay. be like imagine if someone from our world went into like the village you know, in an M Night Shyamalan's. It it was like these people just stumbled into a world where it's like it wasn't our rules. They weren't like bad people, but they're just a little, a little more barbaric. But just you know, like like death penalty, right? Like if you do they do if you do something they don't like, they just kill you, and so they're held captive. But it, it didn't have that. It didn't have the the backwoods hills have eyes wrong
0: turn feel of the of the original. Oh, okay, where you just kind of stumble upon these people in the wilderness. It's this whole thing. yeah
1: it, yeah it felt it just more probably
0: more tasteful maybe that's why i didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah i mean you watch those movies to watch people die let's be honest yeah and it's so like, like All right, let your it out right
1: yeah just let your it have fun mm-hmm. let's turn the rest the ego and the super ego for a
0: minute oh oh your id i thought you said it I, <laughs> I was i'm like, sorry oh no you're fine it's a very a very close word to each other so what is your favorite horror movie oh goodness if i <laughs> yeah uh no i my default is always poltergeist just because of the nostalgia for it and i find that movie fascinating and the history behind it and just the whole aspect of poltergeist and the fact it's pg just like <laughs> confuses <laughs> me um i mean granted pg-13 had hadn't been around when that movie came out which is why it was pg but if you see that movie Even a few of those scenes, I'm like, they should have kept it an R, I feel. It was not uh, suitable for children. While there's no, like, expletives, really, it's not too, too scary. uh, But they really pushed that PG rating, in my opinion. Like, it's
1: obviously that they're here is, like, the biggest thing. But if I can watch a horror movie and, like, eight or nine months later, ten months later, there's, like, a moment that sticks out and resonates with me then i i I give that movie at least somewhat high regard and for poltergeist it will always be the guy ripping his face you know and that itself is probably i mean and you think they'd be a little more conservative about it at the time i could definitely have seen it and get you know get an r
0: rating i know could you imagine taking your kid to this movie the summer of what 84 was it and then you're just watching this pg movie and then all of a sudden that scene pops up because it's just parental guidance, right? Like, there's no minimum. Like, you can take a five-year-old in there, right? Yeah, I mean, well, even with rated R movies, technically, as long as you're with a parent, you could go see that. But you have, you know, an expectation for, oh, okay, a is PG. There's nothing, like, too crazy in there. You shouldn't get judged as hard by other people watching the movie.
1: Right. If you take a kid to an R, they can judge you. But if it's PG, it's kind of on, it's on It's on the movie.
0: Exactly. Uh, well, originally, Poltergeist did get a rated uh was rated r but they cut it back because it was re- released in the summer and that's the time parents take their kids to similarly so yeah. that's what they were really pushing for that which is why it ended <laughs> up getting the pg rating they
1: made a financial this the original cut had the girl saying they're fucking here
0: <laughs> i mean more or less she's like being sucked into the, the closet. she's like oh, shit." <laughs> Uh, i mean maybe i don't know uh yeah i got cut down to pg but that's probably that's my go-to answer just for nostalgic purposes like that was one of my first horror movies i saw um but again much like you the conjuring i remember we saw it in theater yes really well done and i'm fairly desensitized to things for the most part but i remember the part in the basement when the mom's like tied up to the chair and they have that bag over our head that genuinely freaked me out uh so kudos to them because normally i'm not like too too affected by anything but
1: yeah i think the moment in that movie because i was like i was with one of my one of my other friends and we were like laughing you know like you were making fun a little thing quietly we weren't being disruptive mm-hmm. but it went from like sitting up straight and laughing to by the time that the one of the daughters was hitting her head on the wardrobe and the camera pans up and you see beth sheba on top of it crouched like we were like sunken in our chairs like covering our faces you know and just mm-hmm. like just to know that like i went in like underestimating the film and then within 30 minutes i was in that position it was just like it just like ultimate respect like okay you
0: win i'm in i'm <laughs> along for the ride exactly and then i guess similarly along those lines when i was a kid i watched the well it was actually child's play too Mm. freaked me out for a long time i have since grown to love those movies and you know again it scared me so i respect it a lot so i I really like the chucky mythology i haven't seen everything especially the new movies or the show but
1: the show i was gonna ask you if you saw the show
0: i watched when the season one came out i watched the first two and i just ended up stopped watching it because i didn't like it but just timing and didn't have the time to sit there and watch it but i do enjoy it yeah the well, I was going
1: couldn't. traditional route too. Like every this day at this time, catch the new Chucky. It's like, all right, I'll wait till it's on Netflix and I can watch it on my schedule.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I because I, I think that's what I did. I watched like the first two when they came out, and I was like, you know what? I will watch this later, and I never, <laughs> never got back to it. Um, but it's tough with that schedule, though. I think seriously,
1: the last show that I treated that way. Was probably either walking dead or american horror story those are the last two where i would base my day
0: around the release of a new episode of a show oh yeah i can't can't remember although i started watching the new goosebumps show this Mm. weekend they dropped the first five episodes which i watched all of them and now for the remainder of the season they're doing one a week i was like why are we doing that why are we doing half traditional half like streaming so but you can, but you can stream at any time once it's released. Though it's not like you yeah, have to, for sure you have to be in front of the TV Friday
1: from ten to eleven or anything like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, it's still streaming in that sense, but the whole waiting, we don't yeah. wait anymore for things like the Mandalorian and things like that. I yeah, I get it. Is that how that was released too? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. But in any case, so yeah, I would say poltergeist. That's is just usually my default answer, but I like a whole bunch of stuff what would you consider as some of the scariest movies you've seen oh man
1: definitely exorcist definitely exorcist i'm always a little shocked when you look at a top 10 top 50 top 100 horror movie if exorcist isn't in the top three and i don't think it's necessarily the best horror movie Mm -hmm. yeah but i think it's so terrifying i mean
0: a lot of people think jaws is scarier than exorcist and i just don't understand did you watch that it was like it was on some channel it was like top 100 scariest horror movie moments and jaws was number one yeah i was like i've seen like five lists like
1: credible lists where they have jaws number one and i'm and like if i'm in the ocean i'm with you like i get it like yeah if i'm in a plane that crashed in the ocean i'm with you but you know the other 98 99 of my life you know i'm not worrying about sharks but Exorcist definitely is one of the scariest. Um, I I I don't think this is one of the scariest movies, but Signs scared me, it, and and it has no correlation really to what happens in the movie. But there was a period in my life where whenever I went in the bathroom, if I had to use it, I would always open the shower curtain, and it was immediately after watching Signs. It was just like the idea that there's a chance that someone else or something else is in there with me, mm-hmm. and and I'll always
0: love the you know there's a monster on the roof. I will say is that one scene in signs with the birthday party. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like everyone that struck a chord with everybody. <laughs> that it that
1: has to be out of every horror movie, like not just movie movie, but like out of every horror movie that has to be one of the most paused moments, at least when, when movies were on VHS, cause it's just, it was so scary. Let's see. There's the evil dead remake actually got me pretty good. I thought that one was pretty scary. Hmm.
0: Did you and
1: did you see the new one, Evil Dead Rise? I did. I did. It was it was uh old. The way did you see it? I did. Yes. I. It's like I forgot that like it like because they were kids involved. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh well, they'll they'll find a way to reverse it, and it's just like
0: nope, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, two of them three so. gone. Oh, spoiler alert! If you haven't <laughs> seen oh, yeah. that movie, uh, but yeah, oh yeah, they d- did not hold back with either either of those two. No, so
1: I, I definitely appreciate the lack of pulled punches in it. It didn't. I liked the remake, the, the twenty thirteen remake better, but I yeah. still thought it was it was a, a well done movie. All, I, for whatever reason, Hellraiser really, really, really gets to me. Just like there's these demon Cenobite things. That has come out and then the chains and then they pull you down like it just something about that i like watched it once when i was not even like young young i was like 16 or 17 and i just remember being like i don't think i want to watch this again
0: <laughs> yeah i like hellraiser a lot uh the part of hellraiser that freaked me out more than the signal bites though and pinhead w- was the guy who came back i think his name was frank i haven't seen it in so long yeah but when they did the reverse reverse shot of his body coming back and like he was killing people to take their body parts like that was the horrific part to me because he was just like bloody like skinless thing mm-hmm. right and yeah not like, like
1: emo from from mummy but like just yeah I, I i yeah that was it was just like i know like saw is too much for some people and i don't really go to my way to watch saw or like that kind of gore like mm. <laughs> terrifier death yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like I like I knew, like I actually you have to appreciate some of those deaths cuz you're like you know they're just they they're leaning into it so heavily. But it wasn't like just gore. Like there's something about Hellraiser that just really gets me. It's really creepy.
0: Yeah, there's um yeah, it's the main focus isn't really I guess about the gore. I mean it is but isn't because the whole pain and pleasure part of it, but there's also the whole hell aspect of it. Like it's not You know, there's not a lot of torture in it, really, overall, at least the first one. that's true,
1: especially compared to some of the new stuff we have, Mm -hmm. like human centipede and saw and things like that. I think it also like hell in general, like I'm not a religious person, but demonic things, anything having to do with like pulling you down to hell is just like there's nothing
0: good about that. It's scary. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, okay, death is not great but if there's that aspect of like your soul is trapped in hell forever like dying isn't the worst part it's what's after that makes it so scary like drag like even drag me to hell i love that movie yeah it's (laughs) like okay yeah she's dead but now she's also forever being tortured like that's that's the part that scares me like dying yeah not good but everything yeah after exactly exactly so, what are some of your favorite and least favorite aspects over the horror genre? Like, what tropes do you like or or don't like seeing?
1: Some of my favorite, I definitely, and I, I mentioned this earlier. I definitely like the road trip horror aspect. Like, whether it's friends that like each other, new acquaintances. If 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 the movie begins with people getting in a car and they're going somewhere else, it's amazing because it's it's you know like the home invasion relies on well horror relies on isolation and if it's home invasion or a haunting it's it's to get the family or the people isolated in their own homes which is cool and i do appreciate that there's some of my top favorite movies are that but i love when they when people go somewhere that's foreign to them or if it even if it's not foreign but it's where it gets them somewhere else you know there's a really bad horror movie called monster man it's like the it's kind of like comedy horror but they like they go on a trip and things happen i think joyride 2 is like that Habit in the woods and obviously they're parroting things but mm-hmm. that's like that i love that or the ritual right where those guys hike and then they like we'll cut through the woods what could happen here yeah you just i i love that i like psychological horror and not not where you don't feel i like feeling somewhat grounded in in location like um did you ever play the video game Evil Within no but i know what you're talking about i never felt grounded in that game it's like because it was so psychological it could warp rooms warp time mm. it's like it it always it felt like the world had a cheat code against you okay. where you just end up somewhere else it's like i quick side tangent and this is a personal thing this isn't and and this isn't me saying what's right or wrong with horror i am someone who prefers the real world and horror paranormal seeps into the real world. I'm not personally a fan of the the place like like sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. the world creation, somewhere else, future, past, you know, things like I, like I like when it's, you know, it's a normal everyday life situation that gets a twist. Mm-hmm. So I, as long as I can be grounded and then there's some type of psychological aspect where the, the narrator is unreliable. So you start piecing things together where, you know, like, was that scene real or was that in their mind? Or is this character like I love that reveal where you find and it's 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 a trope and it's maybe a little overdone. But where you just find out like, oh, that that character was never really there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the character you, you've come to know. Like there's that one where the, the characters are really high up. They climb that tower. And then spoiler alert, you find out one of the girls fell
0: oh, a long fall. time ago
1: is that what it's called mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense <laughs> spoiler alert
0: yeah
1: but like i like that like and sometimes it might feel forced or you might catch on to it claire my wife's actually much better at finding these things out she'll tell me halfway through oh you know it's actually this i'm like damn it like, perception and then <laughs> and she's always right yeah mm-hmm. uh but i like i like that type of psychological horror I love creative deaths and and that sounds morbid, but I think that's a big part of why, like, why do people watch Saw? Why do people watch Final Destination? I think uh, a creative death is, it's a safe way to live out morbid curiosity. <laughs>
0: it's you true, know. yeah. What it's... would
1: happen if a person was, or, you know, well, you live vicariously, you're watching the film. What would I do if I was in this situation? You, you get to safely think that out or safely see it through. Or like, what if a person was, Put up against these odds you know you can see it happen and and leave knowing that they're okay mm-hmm. and uh you only spend an hour and a half of your life worrying about it <laughs> right exactly uh, i also like the whodunits and in, in and right. it doesn't just mean horror but when you don't know who the killer is like scream right mm-hmm. like or i guess, no, I guess that was scream the t i really liked the tv show scream oh i haven't seen it it's so good and and one of the girls from that is in
0: the fall of the usher house have you seen bodies 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 no i think you might really like you might really like it it's a whodunit um it is tongue-in-cheek and there is comedy in it but it's like uh i don't want to say it's poking fun at like trends and like the newer generation but it it's a really good movie i watched it this year um but it's a whodunit type situation it's called bodies 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 Mm mm-hmm it's is is it, really good. I was really surprised. I didn't think I was gonna like it, but it was really good.
1: Where did you watch it? Was it streamed on like a Netflix, Amazon or Netflix or Hulu?
0: Perhaps. Actually, let me look it up okay. really quick for you. Uh it is an A twenty-four film, actually, funny enough. Okay, there's some credibility there. Prime video, it says. So Okay,
1: I got I got Prime.
0: Okay. But anyways.
1: Some of the least good movies. Well, and that's not that's poor phrasing. Some of the movies I had the least expectation for have been on Prime. Like Netflix, I have a certain amount of expectation for Prime, I feel like anyone can get on Prime, and maybe that's not true. I've seen some really bad ones on Prime, but I've also seen some where I'm just like, wow. Like, like there, there was this one movie, I can't even tell you what it was called because it was so long ago and, and I, I'm terrible with the names, but it, it was like, there was this family or these friends that were getting together, and it was this night that a meteor was getting really close to Earth. And it like created a time paradox where like they would go outside and they'd see themselves. And so there's like two, two of the same homes and two of the same, like every person had a body double at this exact time. So people, they would like end up at different homes. So you wouldn't know, like, am I talking to the person in this reality, this time can, you know, this, This world, or am I talking to someone else? Because then secrets start getting revealed. You know, this person's having an affair with this person, or or this person owes this person money. And it's like people be mad at each other, like, why are you mad at me? But because in their world, they didn't reveal that information. But then on top of that, which sound and this thing's gonna sound terrible. I found out that they were given cues on what where the plot was supposed to go, what was supposed to happen, no script. They were given characters plots and the entire movie was improvised by these actors and actresses that's crazy i i I need to just say all that into google and see what name of a film comes out but i remember watching it and i was shocked and it was after the fact that i read because if i really like a movie i'll just start you know searching things about it and i found that out and i was like oh my goodness like so much respect and i was like that might have been i don't know if that was netflix or Prime. But that one
0: was like really, really, really good, and I had such—I had the lowest expectations. Okay, interesting. Yeah, if you find out, let me know because that would actually work really well with our newest season.
1: <laughs> I did recommend a movie to Steph. Oh, did you? Um, I, it's called Look Away or something like that. It's she'll tell you about it. You'll you hopefully you watch
0: it. Okay. Did you say le- did you say favorite or least favorite or just favorite? Uh, both. Like, what are some things you like or just like?
1: I character development and character tropes i feel like horror is one of the worst where it's like here's the bad guy here's the easy girl here's the girl that's a little prude here's the jock guy who's you know a little dumb here's the bully with the pocket switch knife like and it's gotten better but like i need to care about the characters for horror to work it can't just be nameless faces getting killed in even if they're in cool ways, like if you don't care about the relationships, you know it's kind of like like the like the ending of The Mist. If you didn't care about relationships in there and like the father and the son dynamic, it would still be sad. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, there's a reason. It's one of the most tragic endings, in my opinion. It, it's just like, and that, I think that's why shows like Haunting Hill House. Um, I didn't love Blind Manor as much, but like, it, like yeah. th- to have that family dynamic, Oculus, right? Like that bond between the brother and the sister. Like if you don't care about the relationship or the characters at all, it just it turns into like, yeah, I kind of want this person to die. Right. So I felt about Emily, in I think her name was Emily, and Until Dawn. Every time I played as oh her in god. that game, I was like, I'm not scared at all. Come and get me. Like I'm gonna try and keep her alive because I want that damn trophy.
0: But if she meets a bad end. Oh my god! I need sorry. to. Sorry. I need to talk about that. I played Until Dawn the first time I played it i only got three people to survive and one of them was emily i was like are you serious out of yeah, all the people you you, have to, you know she has to live with the trauma then everyone
1: else got an easy death she has to live with what happened
0: she doesn't care <laughs> she's like whatever she's like bye oh what a good game though yeah oh yeah i love i love uh, those story based games
1: jump scares and i understand their purpose and they can can be
0: done tastefully unnecessary or shock value jump scares i don't like the jump scares that are actually like nothing are the ones that piss me off like if it's actually something threatening in the movie and it's a jump scare like i don't love it but it's at least forgivable but when it's like a bird ran into the window or like a door <laughs> slammed and that's the, and jump the scare, raccoon
1: in the closet right like,
0: really this is all you could come up with I, yeah i hate that too they like do that and it's
1: always earlier in the movie like in the first 20 minutes like it builds the suspense you hear a noise and it's just something like a cat runs out of the bush damn cat (laughs) I think the uh the jump scare that the um demon face from insidious was a good one yeah Mm -hmm.
0: the did you see haunting in Connecticut no i did i is that is there a possession involved in that one or no i i don't know if there's a possession okay. or not i don't th- i think it's just a very very haunted house oh, it's like it's like
1: not. where the, the the smoke comes out of the kids yeah mouth.
0: I, yeah it, yeah but it's almost like ectoplasm is it ectoplasm that's coming something out something like that yeah. yeah it's like there was uh there was like a
1: guy that like did surgeries or like he like they found like the like a little cup of like eyelids and stuff in the house like in the basement mm-hmm. there was just this one moment and i saw in theaters it was like 2007. And this the lady's laying in bed and she turns on her lamp and there's just a face there. But it's like, it, it's not just the face and the jump scare. It's like they also got the foley, like the sound effect of those fireworks that don't make any pretty. They just go boom and they're just loud. And it, just, it was just like that with the face. And it's just like, oh my God. Like it's, I cover my ears more than my eyes when I'm when watching horror movies because it's the sound that gets me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, uh, there's a quote about that. Like if you, turn off the sound of a horror movie or like play something that's not scary. Like horror movies aren't scary without the sound. Really? That's what I makes agree. them scary.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I, like I, like I feel like I creep down and, and instead of covering my face, like I plug my ears.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just like, I, it's like I can deal with the image. Like in the imagery is still very creepy, but it's, it's the sound I'm trying to think if there's any other tropes. I don't, i don't think this is really classifies as a trope but so you, you know those like evil dead demonic voices mm-hmm. and they're like i'll eat your soul and stuff like that like that like it can take a very scary moment in a film and ruin it for me when you get that like that voice like it can be done well mm-hmm. like insidious on the baby monitor i thought that was done well yeah but a lot of the evil dead stuff and i, I know that's kind of how the evil dead is but i'm not a huge fan mm-hmm. of that type of thing
0: well, since you did mention your love of horror video games, do you want to talk a little bit about your history with those and what kind of games you like to play?
1: So I didn't. I definitely didn't play PlayStation 1 horror games because I was too young. And my sister and I both really liked horror films. And I just remember this long stretch where we were like, we want to play a horror video game together. And Resident Evil 4 had come out, but we didn't own it and this was like before leopard dead and things like that mm-hmm. and so we got resident evil outbreak which was okay it, w- it wasn't that great but one game that my sister and i crushed and we played so much it's called obscure and there's like five characters you can play as and you're high schoolers and it takes place in a high school where there's like yeah. testing being done on students so like these five friends agree to go to the high school after school hours and they like investigate and, and, and they find a bunch of things out. But since there's, you can choose out of the five people who you want to be. And then if you, it's a uh, couch co-op, so you guys are on the same screen and you can work together and everything. And if you know, you die, then that character has gone and you just move on to one of the other, one of the other ones kind of like until dawn in a way. So that was, that was big. And, and I loved playing obscure. And then when Resident Evil four came out, it just, it changed everything. Cause some games are like a little too scary for me. Mm -hmm. Um, even if I love horror it doesn't mean I can do it like I I had to watch you play outlast and I'm so thankful you played outlast because that was my way of playing it because there's no way I was going to do it (laughs) Um, like dead space I play dead space but I remember my sister and I having to take breaks Mm -hmm. like we'd play for an hour and it was like there was so much anxiety and it's like is there is there a vent in here is there anything and the sound was so good in that game where, you know, you turn around and there's just there's just one of the, the things behind you, Necromorphs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like that game stressed me out. And I think that's how Outlast would have been. A lot of the a lot of the running, not running gun, a lot of the hide games where it's like run or hide those games. I don't I can't play. them.
0: No, it's you, just- you're so helpless. Like there's nothing you could do. And then, yeah, I don't like stealthy things. Uh, and when you're hiding, that's basically what you're doing. Uh, so I definitely feel that uh, if you can't fight back at all, I'm not, I'm not super thrilled about that.
1: No, I'm I'm very thankful for let's plays for that. You know, I've I've watched I watched Markiplier play the park, which wasn't too scary for me. I just it was it's also like a busy thing. It's like I don't like. Like, that's kind of, I was at a point where you're so busy, but you want to experience a game where you watch some, because I remember I had the idea, like, why would anyone watch someone else play a video game? And people around me now are like, why would anyone else want to watch someone else play a video game? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But it's kind of like, it's, you know, it's like, I, like either you don't want to buy it or, you know, it, there's a certain amount of time that it takes to play a game. Mm-hmm. And I give I give people that play games on Twitch, you know, yourself included a lot of credit because i I would be terrified that I would get stuck, <laughs> you know. I'm not the most perceptive person when it comes to like what to do next in some games, and I feel like I'm like I got you know 40 people watching me. I don't know what to do next, uh, you know, like that. Yeah, that sounds stressful. Um, I, I love Alan Wake. I'm excited that Alan Wake 2 is coming out. I actually didn't love it in my first playthrough. It felt really repetitive, and mm-hmm. then I played it again five or six years later in like 2016. I love the atmosphere because I like it's like you know the ritual like the Blair Witch. I love the woods. I love when you're out in nature and like you, you literally going into a national park in that game and it's just gorgeous um deadly premonition entirely underrated entire mm-hmm. i actually deadly premonition influenced me not liking alan wake my first time because like i was saying earlier i like when you're grounded in reality which i, I wouldn't i guess i wouldn't say deadly premonition is that but like by day it's quirky Twin Peaks you're going around and you're questioning these quirky small town people and by night you're fighting these backward zombie people mm-hmm. love that game
0: um, yeah I remember you playing it <laughs> in our apartment I had no idea what it was and then you're like this is great and I'm like what is going on here
1: it literally had, it was a PS3 game with PS2 graphics, but I didn't care. It, it controlled cares? like Resident Evil 4 from 2005, so it was fun. Mm-hmm. Until Dawn, amazing. I loved the quarry that just uh, came out. I haven't played that yet. If you want to borrow it, if you don't own it, you are more than welcome to. I loved it. Okay. I, I love might... the quarry. I hated, I hated Man of Manamadan It's like, they put all the effort in Until Dawn, and then they did all these little games that are kind of like, eh. Yeah, the anthology. The they did yes. like an anth- yeah. Yeah. There's like and they pop up out of nowhere. Like there's like there's like four of those games. Oh really? Yeah, there's like Little Hope, there's this forest one, there's the boat one, and then there's there's another one. I swear to God, there's four of them. Oh wow. So like Until Dawn, the quarry, and then four little games in between, which maybe eventually we'll get to. But um Evil Within, I just could it just really messed me up and like I couldn't get I couldn't get grounded in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Alone in the Dark. wasn't a huge fan of that one. Okay, okay. I'm not a class. I feel bad though. I'm not like a huge classics person. Like I played the Resident Evil, the older ones that have been remade, but I didn't play the originals. I I
0: haven't played a ton of Silent Hill. The controls just, are not yeah. like you can't go back to that. Like I think at the time it was fine, but if you're going from like relatively modern controls back to that, like I try to play uh, the first Silent Hill last year i want to say i hadn't played it for like since a kid since i was a kid and i forgot it was like the tank controls where you have to like turn then go i couldn't do it i was like how did i play this
1: there's a reason they call them tank controls and maybe i don't know if they called them that then did you ever did you play um oxen free no it's it's like a side scrolling it's like a very detailed world but it's side scrolling Mm -hmm and it's like uh, this girl taps in this radio signal which like brings like ghosts in and there's like a story that has to be that you have to kind of go through but it's like what i like it's a a group of friends that took a ferry to this island Mm -hmm. you know where they're exploring and all this stuff happens the reason the only reason i played that is i was looking for games like life is strange which it's not like life is strange yeah but it has a relationship aspect of it But Life is Strange is another example of like, it's a real world setting where something unusual seeps into that.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a great game. Not horror, obviously. Right. I mean, it has some creepy elements, I would say, but. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's that is the bad guy. Yeah, it's definitely messed up. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. My favorite games or movies even is like when you take the mundane, like even like suburbia and then things infiltrate where you are. If that makes sense,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, it's kind of like maybe not Stranger Things as much as like maybe like Super Eight.
0: Oh, Um, where it's just like these kids,
1: and then just things happen. I don't know. It's I I I know what you mean though. I I like I I love mundane where something goes wrong rather than world building in utopia or dystopia and in in sci fi horror. And I know there's a lot of people that love that, so it definitely
0: it should exist. It's just it's just yeah. not meant for me. For sure. I I find I like slow burn stuff too. Like nothing too. It's Okay, let me back that up. It's either it has to be completely over the top and ridiculous or like grounded in reality, slow burn type situation. The things in between is where like we get a little dicey <laughs> dicey here. So it's got to be like Tucker and Dale versus evil or
1: or it's got to be a haunting hill house. I think if it's a slow burn, which I'm completely fine with as well. Cause you understand that's part of the part of the genre, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it is what it is, but it has to have character development. Like it has to be setting the stage and giving you an, a reason to like or dislike a character.
0: <clears throat> mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, if it's just it's taking a long time to get to the plot and then it's, you know, but
0: yeah, what are we doing here? That's like uh hereditary. I don't know your thoughts on hereditary, but I think the first half is really great. And then it, it's at the end that it falls apart for me personally, but I think the whole family dynamic is where it's really great. And then where the paranormal stuff kind of comes in. I'm like, mm, not as on board with.
1: I didn't love hereditary as much as I feel like a lot of other people did. Yeah. But here. I definitely enjoyed it and it, it definitely was unsettling. And I think it's a good horror film, but I can, I can definitely see your point, which is kind of sad, right? That it lost itself at that point <laughs> yeah
0: i i mean i think so uh, you know people love that movie but i thought it's when they introduced like the cult i'm like that's where we're going with this a cult and then just towards the end things kind of got a little little wacky for me like the, the headless <laughs> body of the mother floating around i was like mm. did you see midsummer i did see midsummer yes. what was your thoughts on midsummer so it's it's one of those things where it's like i liked it it was well done, but it made me feel not great. So I didn't enjoy like I didn't enjoy watching it, if that makes sense. Like it was but that was kind of like the purpose. So in that aspect, it did a good job, if that makes sense. I agree. It's it's one of those movies where I didn't find myself some some movies
1: I'm eager to rewatch. Midsummer, I wasn't.
0: Yeah, I watched it the one time. I'm like, I think I'm good. I think I might watch it one more time just to see if I could catch some like things in the background. But I watched it. I'm like, all right, that was a lot for me. I am <laughs> I think I'm good with this one. Yeah, no, that's... And there's always another movie to watch, too.
1: Sometimes I'm like, why am I rewatching this movie? But sometimes you just got to. Yeah, for sure. Did, did you see... This is like last winter I was watching. It's a Jesse Plemons film where it's like just him and this girl and he like takes her home and they go through this blizzard so it kind of has like isolation the others like Mm -hmm. you're in a different this is like a small house and he takes her home to visit his parents and his parents keep changing age throughout the film like they're like younger and then they're older and then they get really old and but the characters aren't acting like anything strange is happening and it keeps cutting to like this janitor this really old janitor that like is like staring at these like young students and stuff and then you realize that jesse plemons is the janitor he has like dementia or something so when he's envisioning taking this girl home he can't it's fake so he can't ground it in a real time so his mind just keeps shifting it as if he took her when his parents were older he took it when his parents were younger and it's just like it's it's a movie i typically wouldn't like because it has Mm. no grounding but i just I, i just remember sitting down after that movie was over and i was just like like, I felt like I couldn't do anything for the day. It just, like, hit me, and I was just like, ugh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, that was a good movie, but it's just like, I need to read more about it. Like, some movies you just finish, and you're like, nope, we're not done. We're not done. I'm learning more. Like, I need to know more. I need oh, to know yeah, why this happened. Sure. Like, that was, that's, the uh, I think, the mark of a, a good film.
0: Yeah, I actually just watched Talk to Me, and I know you, Charlie, yeah. and Steph watched it. And I I was really pleasantly surprised by that one, too. And I ended up. Listening to podcasts and stuff about it, just uh know a little bit more. I really like that one.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, our biggest discussion, spoiler alert, our biggest discussion was was it ever the mom? And, and, uh, one of our friends, Ben, sent us a screenshot of this article he was reading where he was like, the mom was always the first ghost that the main girl saw because she's, that's why she started deteriorating because she started becoming more like her drowned bubbly self. Because it's like every time the, wa- the mom was around, you heard water in the background and her skin started peeling away and she looked bloated from drowning. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, because I was actually under the impression that there was a chance that at first it was her mom. Mm-hmm. But then it the more it happened, it like she it wasn't her always. It was just her at the beginning. But now it seems like. It might've never been the mom.
0: Yeah. I never thought it was her. And especially towards the end when they're like trying to tell him to kill Riley or whatever that kid's name. I'm like the yeah. messaging. It doesn't seem very uh, right with this. I-, I never thought it was her personally. Yeah. I
1: am. I guess I was not even that way. And I like, by that point I didn't think it was always her, but I thought there might've been a chance that at the beginning it was her. But the, that movie is like, one. like every now and then I'll watch a movie where it'll take me out and I'll imagine acting. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, listen, you got to put this dude's foot in your mouth. Like, just just that's yeah. we'll try and do is, you know, the minimum amount of takes, it takes to do this. But yeah, I wonder <laughs> if that was a real foot.
0: <laughs> like, Hopefully not. That's like the dog. That was a fake puppet <laughs> dog, obviously. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> even just the thought of trying to like. Yeah, that dude's like. No, like I, I
1: mean, we could try it a couple more times. You know, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think. I didn't feel it this time. <laughs>
0: right. I mean, maybe. Maybe let's try without the puppet. Let's see. What it
1: <laughs> but yeah, that was a good movie, though. I, I, I definitely yeah. enjoyed that one. That was a twenty-four
0: where right? Was it not? Maybe it's not. I don't think so. No, I don't know why I thought it was. Oh, wait, no, yeah, it was. You're right, yeah. I, I remember now, the only reason I remember is I remember the trailer and the hand made the two. It went like yes, that. Yes, you're you're right, you're That's right. That's the only reason yeah. I remember that, yeah. I just, uh, I keep thinking back because it was made by the YouTubers. Do you know anything about like who made the movie or no? No, no, no. It no, was no. made by two Australian YouTubers named Raka, Raka and they do... Uh, they do like narrative videos. I've never actually watched them before, but this is their first film. I don't know if they do that's comedy like, stuff, but that's, that's amazing. I know I was like, the hats to them for their first movie. And I guess they also filmed a sequel, which is actually a prequel. Should I say? Um, oh, is that like where the hand came from? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so where the movie begins with that death is where that movie will end. So the gr- um, makes the group right before them, yeah. and I believe there there is a sequel. I think it was greenlit for like two more sequels or something crazy. Where what? there's money, I know. But I was gonna. It's also, say,
1: it's also quality though. I think it's good. I think it was good.
0: Yeah, it just all depends. I hate to be like you know the originals are always better because that's not always the case in my opinion. But it's at what point are you just milking the <laughs> what yeah. you had? So we'll see. I think I think the Evil Dead remake is better
1: and i know that there's a whole group of bruce campbell fans that would fight me for that but i'm not saying it should hold a special place more of a special place in your heart i'm just saying
0: quality of film yeah and and in tone like it's a completely different thing especially with evil dead 2 and 3 where they leaned into the comedy so i mean it really just depends on what tone and you know style you like better
1: the it the it remake now that's that's a tough one to discuss because i definitely say in terms of quality and just the fact that we have more at our disposal now Mm -hmm. and i think the acting was phenomenal in the new remake but also i think the old one in many ways holds up Mm -hmm. there's some scenes that are a little goofy but
0: yeah for sure i'm trying to think i mean it freaked me out as a kid i think going back now it wouldn't be as much because it's you know to your point the effects aren't the what pennywise could have done wasn't nearly as much as you know he does in the newer movies which no. doesn't necessarily make it better but it gives you more of an opportunity to do different things the like the the guy that
1: chases eddie in the newer ones is one of the scariest things to me the leopard, but i will
0: yeah yeah but i will
1: say well actually the, the painting was very scary too but when bev goes to that old lady's house in the original it mm-hmm. and then it turns into like her dad's face and just like old and stuff that mm-hmm. like oh my goodness like I was terrified of that scene
0: really oh it was so scary to me the part Oof. that got me in the original it was when they sprayed the inhaler and in Pennywise yeah and his face started like melting yeah. off That yeah. free- that freaked me out I was like, I don't know about that one <laughs> yeah um, Alright, I'll stop Time about movies. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, we can talk about movies more. I don't care. It's whatever you <laughs> want to talk five about. It's a five-hour show. Yeah, it is what it is. It gives people a lot to listen to. So, with Terror Talk, I do want to give an opportunity for my guests to talk about their projects and stuff, and yours is Believe in the Bizarre, which is a podcast, and I'll let you kind of describe what it's all about. So,
1: essentially um me and my co-host charlie we take turns presenting a paranormal case urban legend conspiracy or a, per- a personal haunting that someone has sent to us and and charlie s- spends the majority trying to convince me it's Faye, and then it's me telling him it's likely not Faye. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke and then so we tell the story we go through the details and then at the end of the episode we rank it on our believability scale believable viable skeptical unbelievable so that is why it's believing the bizarre the whole first half and we don't do this as well as, as we originally intended it was supposed to be the first half or the first 75 percent was supposed to be like telling it like it is the most believable thing you ever heard without any type of bias or any type of like joking or swaying not mm. for lack of jokes but you know treat just tell it say the facts here's what people say and then at the end is when you could kind of, you know, take off the mask and be like, well, OK, yeah, it's a little BS, right? Or, you know, this I actually think this is true. But I feel like the more we've done it, the more we let the cracks slip in in the telling of the episodes mm-hmm. where you can tell pretty early on if one of us finds something a little bit less than believable early on. <laughs> but, you know, r- regardless, that, I would, I, that's the that's the structure. That's the gist of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: how do you decide what topics you cover for each episode?
1: I think we spend more time worrying whether we're being repetitive than we do technically picking the next topic. Like, I feel like it's it's just as much we just did an alien. What should I do next? Rather than like, what are the next five topics I should do to make sure we put out five bangers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and we kind of joke that we we do like, we're like the RC Cole of topics. Sometimes like we'll do the Alaska triangle and the Michigan Lake triangle instead of the Bermuda triangle. Or we'll do all these alien encounters, but we haven't done Roswell yet. And some of it is like hoping that, you know, you gotta save some of the big dogs. Like if we we plan on doing this long term for a long time, so you can't do the Roswells, the Betty and Barney Hill, you know, Annalise Michelle, all these the the big mm-hmm. big ones uh, the warrens and stuff right away because then then you end up doing selkies and, and <laughs> things yeah. like that right um, so we are we are we tr- I think we're cognizant of spacing topics out so that it's it's not just big things you know littler smaller urban legends get shine and we've had feedback where they're like oh you know I love learning about things we didn't know but we've also you know like I've I've done I've done topics where We've had comments like, "Wow, out of all the things you could talk about, you picked this." <laughs> really? <Right. laughs> that was the hairy hands of Dartmoor. I, I I explicitly remember that. But I I think it's like trying to choose big versus little topics, and then looking at our previous episodes and be like, okay, we did a conspiracy. We did an alien. Maybe I'll try and do a haunting or a cryptid. Like, we don't, we try not to do where it's like cryptid, 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 or alien, mm-hmm. alien, alien, haunting alien, like space it out a little bit just for a little bit of variety. So sometimes it's like you learn about something and you save it. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes a listener will be like, Hey, you should talk about this. And I'll just be like, Well, I was researching that, but I like what you just told me better. So I'm just going to do that. So there's no, there's no, like, this is the way we do it. Okay. I think, and he, who knows what his process is. His could be entirely different than mine. I think the one thing we share though, is blending popularity of topic and making sure that there's a variety in topic that we cover.
0: Okay. There's one thing you said, I'm kind of curious about, you know, going with well-known topics versus the lesser known. Do you find that, you know, the bigger topics more well known do better than the smaller ones because in my mind at least the way i like to listen to podcasts and stuff i like learning about new things as opposed to i could listen to you know this topic from anyone you know so i was just curious uh yeah how that looks like
1: i i thought the same thing you thought and i was wrong <laughs> is that okay i was i was wrong dude i was so wrong i i remember specifically one of our it was like one of our first 10 10 to 12 episodes because i was like specifically looking for something a little less known Mm -hmm. and it's this this mannequin i think it was from mexico it's it's a long time ago i think it was mexico it's called la paxolita where it's like this mannequin where everybody thought that was that was a human Mm -hmm. that was a human who got turned into a mannequin and i was just like man this is i mean i don't think a lot of people heard about this this is going to be great and and it was just like eh like okay response and i was like damn and then I remember, Charlie told. Well, we recorded Mothman, and I like put out a little hint. I'm like, "Hey guys, here's a hint at what our next topic's gonna be." And it was like a screenshot from the Mothman Prophecies film, mm-hmm. and it was just like everyone going crazy about it. And I'm just like, "But well, you already know it, you know?" I I, know. And I, maybe it's like you go to a band and you want to hear your favorite song, right? Like, or you know, the encore. Like, I want to, I want to hear this because I love this song. Or, or you, you know, you go to a concert and they're playing new songs, and you're like, "No." Play the songs I grew up with or play the songs I know, mm-hmm. not the new stuff. So maybe it's a little bit like that. And and I, we have heard a lot of people say, I've never heard this topic. You know, that's why I like listening or I was excited to learn about a new topic. But the numbers don't lie. <laughs> the ratings don't lie. Yeah. It, like our top episode, our number one episode is the 411. Hands down. Okay. By like the margin between our most listened to episode and our second is a lie like missing 411 because the documentary had come out recently oh is that one? was bumping so that one was huge but then i mean it's the things you would expect like the mothman uh skinwalkers jersey devil like the the big names are definitely our top 10 um i i don't think there's a huge outlier or like i don't there might be like one or two like woman in women in black is a pretty big one which might be a little surprising, which was another thing we did women in black. We haven't done men in black yet, but, <laughs> but uh, it's, I would definitely say it is the big topics that get the biggest response. So around Halloween last year, more so than this year, I feel like we've been too busy to hyper fixate on it. But last year it was like, we need to put out some bigger topics around Halloween. Cause this is when people are gonna be looking for paranormal podcasts. And so we specifically planned for, I think it was the hat man. Okay. to come out around halloween um but i mean as it i mean it's just it's also hoping that it's like planting a seed right it's like i want to do things for the here and now and to make a jump for this october of 2023 but it's also hoping that you know if i put this episode out today you know, a year from now, somebody will find it and listen to it or two years from now, somebody will find it and listen. Like it's, it's not always going to have that immediate urgency anyway. Mm. So it doesn't really matter. And I do plan on covering all the big topics eventually. It's like, I, like I said before, I don't want to just do like the biggest ones first and then just let them, them grow. Cause I want people to be able to look forward to them in the future but it's it surprised me it's definitely the most
0: well-known topics that people already know about
1: know. are excited to listen to again
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's kind of similar to us too it's like the more well the films right yeah i'm the like, more popular well, film why do, i i don't know i guess i listen to things atypically because like i want to know things I, I don't know about already like yeah i could learn about this movie five different times that's more well known but yeah it's weird it's just i don't know in my mind it doesn't make sense but i could i could see that (laughs) the only the only thing that i can really think of and it's
1: it's it it sounds you know like as you get as you gain listenership and people develop a connection with you it turns into like i don't really want to hear about mothman the same story again i want to hear your opinion on mothman where it's like you know if 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 I look up your podcast and I know you and I like you, I'm like, oh, they watch The Ring. I want to know Alex's opinion on The Ring or like, oh, they watch fear.com. I want to I know what Steph thinks of
0: fear.com, right? That's true. Yeah, that is true. Because, I mean, I guess I do. When I am really into a movie, I'll watch like three different, three or four different people's takes on it. So I guess to yeah. that point, I, I could see that. Yeah. Do you, do you still watch Jeremy John's? I, I don't, unfortunately. Um, I will no i don't really watch reviews all that much anymore i watch more like analysis or like video essays or stuff like that i don't really watch reviews and if i do watch jeremy johns i will literally skip to the end to where he says his rating (laughs) awesome dacular (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then like chris stuckman was another one i watched but he got rid of his rating system so you like have to watch his video um so no i don't really watch reviews all that much anymore to be quite honest I, I, i used to i know me too i used to watch them all the time but now i that watch was like
1: more in-depth stuff that was like 10 years ago that i realized because i remember watching his review on conjuring i'm like that was 10 years ago <laughs> yeah which is just insane but it, but it's also like we'll get people that comment because on spotify now you can comment on the episode not on the podcast as a whole and they're like oh, i was looking for skinwalkers and i found you guys but i mean i guess just because it's also like i guess you got to take out the lens like just because you know about something or you think it's super popular. Like mm-hmm. there's still people learning about Mothman or discovering Mothman every day. You're right.
0: Like, uh, I, yeah, for sure. But it has the biggest pre established knowledge base. I would say. Yeah, I, so. I agree with that. I do. I'm curious. What are the scariest topics that you covered that have freaked you out?
1: Sometimes it's not really what we're talking about. It's like, if something happens in the room, well, this happened during, well, this This is not, this is not answering your question. I apologize, but you, you record in the same studio that I do and where I'm at now. And I feel like Charlie, my co-host and your friend mentioned that you guys saw this. Maybe not, but I was, I was sitting here and it was, it was light. We were doing Patreon stuff, which is normally funnier and lighter. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, no research for the most part. And I'm just sitting here and I just see movement, like a dash of movement. I'm like, what is this? And then I look and it's just this big ass centipede creeping on the wall next to me like darting towards me and i like i hope they kept it in the segment i don't think i I must not have listened back to it uh i got it out so you don't have to worry i put it in a cup and i brought it outside but that was terrifying but that just leads me to like one like when people say what was the scariest that you felt during the episode my answer is always the ouija board demon okay. which was a listener submission it's, it was based on a real thing a real demonic entity that she mentioned in her her listener submission but um we were uh my wife and i were cat watching two cats and they were both like one was like an all like like a very very dark gray basically black cat and the other one was like black and white and sometimes they would come upstairs when we record in the attic and sometimes they wouldn't and we were recording and it was like sometimes like we'll tell each other like hey you can be jokey in this one like don't don't take it too seriously and sometimes before we record i'm like hey this one probably will be a little bit creepier so you don't have to you know, you don't have to lean too heavy into like the, the humor bone, you know, like mm-hmm. let this one kind of play out. And that was the, definitely the tone for that episode. And I'd have to listen back to exactly what happened. But like we thought we saw Cooper in, in the room, the cat, the black cat. Okay. And he definitely was not up there. And I just like I, like my reaction that you hear on there was very genuine. I was like, don't do that. Like, do not like do not right now. <laughs> do not do that to me right now. Yeah. yeah I was like, I, got, I freaked out. There was another time we were doing an episode and the air kicked on when I swear to God it was turned off. And that freaked me out. One time, Steph walked in here. uh, My co host wife and your co-host walked in here. And I just, I'm just sitting here. It's all dark. And I see the door open. I was like, I'm just, like, taken out of it. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm done for the day. I I think it's because. (laughs) there's always an air of like the next joke could be around the corner even if we are very serious Mm -hmm. and so i feel like when i'm not alone i'm with charlie obviously yeah so there's always a little bit of relaxation when we're doing the episodes i've actually the creepiest moments i think i've really had have been researching and i don't know like because you guys don't just watch a movie and talk about it you guys do background research Mm -hmm. as well so i don't know if you've had this experience But sometimes I'll be researching a topic to talk about and I'll just like get chills. Like there, I specifically, it was actually, I just referenced it, the women in black episode, because it kind of has that almost like sinister, like once you kind of know, or like a slender man, like once you, like once it knows, you know, it makes itself more prevalent. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what if, you know, like, and then it's like that ego, like, man, we have this podcast. I'm going to be talking about them. Like, what if, you know, like it's, it's getting put out there. And I just like the way my desk used to be set up, it was right by my window. And I'm doing this at like one in the morning and there's just like the light. And I just had this like feeling that I was just going to look out my window and then standing there, I would just see the silhouette of like a woman in black in the light. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was dumb, but every now and then I'll be researching and I'll really get those creeps. Yeah. And it just makes me feel like, ah, man, this is gonna be a good episode. If I'm getting creeped out, just
0: learning about it, It's just like, ugh. yeah, I haven't had anything quite like that. The only thing that had happened, I was researching the one movie. I really wish I remember what it was, but they had a bunch of videos on YouTube, like little documentary clips from like behind the scenes and background information on the movie and they started showing some imagery with creepy music and it, again it was really late at night and I had to turn it off I'm like I can't I can't do this right now it's so, the music right mm. it's the, it's it's because we'll do an
1: episode and I, like it'll be creepy but it's you know it is what it is but I don't like Charlie's the one that makes the the editorial decisions and the post-production decisions so uh, before my dog passed away I would always every Monday in the warmer months I would take her on a walk pop the airpods in and I would listen to the edit while I was walking kind of two birds and one stone Mm -hmm. and there'd be times where you know it'd be a story we'd already know we just recorded it like three days before but I'd be hearing it back and then Charlie puts this like creepy music in and it's unsettling and I'm outside at 10 30 at night alone with my dog and I was like nope I'll just (laughs) trust the I'll trust the rest (laughs) of the edit is just fine you know I'll have like those moments where I'm like man this is a good feeling if I'm getting creeped out Mm -hmm. listening back to something we did. And it's definitely not every episode. There's some episodes, you know, it's funny or some episodes we just miss, you know, I listen back and I'm like, well, I'd have done that differently. But when you, when you just keep putting out content, that's just what happens.
0: But yeah, a uh, similar question, the title is believing in the bizarre after all. So <laughs> what topics have you found the most believable, but also the least believable? If you can recall some, I, I believe in ghosts.
1: I don't, I like, I can't tell you what a ghost is. Somebody Came up to us one time when we were a vendor at an event and and he asked us what a ghost was but it wasn't like that like tongue-in-cheek or like it wouldn't even like what is your opinion of a ghost he like he wanted like a textbook to answer from us he was so disappointed (laughs) And i I was like i don't know like i this is what it could be but Mm -hmm. um but i do i i there's too many people that have experiences i mean you you've seen something walk through a door. How can I look you in the face and tell you ghosts aren't real when you've seen it? You know I mean? We've I seen mean,
0: stuff. I could have been just seeing stuff. It's, it's tough. The further yeah.
1: you, you didn't, you believe it. But the further you get away from those experiences, the easier it is to just say, maybe maybe it was this, maybe it was that. Yeah, But I, I think there's just too much. People have seen too much for there to be nothing. So I believe in ghosts. And I also, for whatever reason, give alien stuff the benefit of the doubt. Some of the abduction stories are total BS. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, oh, we flew around Saturn and they took me to the moon and picked up a rock. And oh, like,
0: wow. Okay.
1: <laughs> Charlie Charlie actually has a really good workaround with that, though. He's like, what if that's just the what they planted in their head to cover up what really happened to that person? And that's a whole other layer of terrifying. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's like hauntings are always most part believable. Aliens, it really depends on the story. But if it's kind of a what I could believe would be realistic, I give it a believable Cryptids are hit or miss because mm-hmm. sometimes urban urban legends are always lower, you know, like some urban legends you can just you can almost imagine how they started and they just feel fake, but they're fun. They're fun. Right. Yeah, but they're fake. I am i don't believe in Faye. I don't believe in tulpas. So when it gets I, and I play into it, too, like, yeah. like for a large portion, I think our audience thought that I hate I truly hated history. And I really. I really don't. It's just as fun to play into it. You know, it's like yeah, Charlie's, the, Charlie's the fairy guy and Tyler's the sports, guy, and <laughs> sports Tyler, guy. Yeah, Tyler doesn't like history. And it's like if that's kind of like, you know, it's like Rhett and Link. Rhett loves beans. It's, like, he probably doesn't like him as much as he makes you think he does on the show. It's like it's okay to play into those. Um, So I play into the faith, thing, even though I, I, I genuinely don't really believe in them. And, but he plays into it because now everything is fake. So it's, right. it's, yeah, it's sure. kind of given the podcast its own kind of spin, which is fun. Like a thing to be known for. I'm trying to think of like specific episodes like that. I just I think this is probably the most interesting thing to say, because there's no like. There's I don't think there's anything like I don't think there's a, a story or an urban legend that you'd be surprised if I went one way or the other. But one of the hardest things, and this is just the human element to it, it's when somebody, when we do a story that was sent to us, right? Like a listener sent us a story. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say they typically get the benefit of the doubt. But just from the approach that like this person took the time to send us a story that they think happened and terrified them. Who am I? To be like, I know you think you had your experience, but actually, you know, like I hate doing that. And and, and always in the back of my mind, I'm always like, man, somebody could just made this up and send it to us to be have their name and their things told. Yeah. But I'm, I'm always very honest. I'm like, I take these as the very least. I always approach it like they believe it's true, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. I don't want to, I don't want like, to, like, it's not life or death. It's an entertainment podcast. So what fun would it be if I'm like, I think they wrote this. I think this is creative work of fiction. You know, like, I don't take that approach. But there's one, and it was pretty early on, too. It was like our first 50 episodes. Somebody sent us a listener submission, and I think I went skeptical. I don't think I went unbelievable. And I remember I felt like shit afterwards. But one of the, and we kind of, we gave it a name, which we haven't kept up with, but it was called like the ramen noodle standard. So it was like this in the, in the story, this kid woke up, he was saying he was being haunted. And he said that, that there was a bowl of ramen noodle by his table that he didn't, that he didn't make. And he said it was presented to him by this ghost. Mm -hmm. And when he woke up, he thought it was a dream, but the, the bowl was still there. And my my thing was like, am I supposed to believe this ghost went downstairs, got the pot out, started heating up the water? It Was like, where do they keep the ro- oh? It's is it this cupboard? Damn it! No, no, it's that that's that cupboard. All right, let me pour it in. Hopefully, he likes chicken. They got beef too, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try the chicken. Mm-hmm. Should I add a little salt? It's already pretty salt. You know, it's like so. It's kind of like I have to believe that happened, right? For 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 me to believe
0: that this this
1: story, like I like. You know what I mean? No, I don't exactly
0: what you mean. It's it's just
1: tough. Because it's like, I'd also like, I don't want to be, wow, they say believable every time. You know, it's like, I want to be credible. Like Even though it doesn't matter and it is entertainment, I do want people to know and understand that I, I, you know, like I'm putting myself out there in a way. mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. But I also want to be genuine, which I feel like for the most part I am because one of our segments on Patreon is... It's funny because we call it director's cut, and it's totally not. It's commentary.
0: I, but we, I told Charlie that, I'm like you know, that's not director's.
1: It was cut. like a brain fart when we named it, and we just like never decided to correct it. Mm-hmm. And it's nobody's told us, like no, no, no one that subscribes to Patreon was like, you know, actually, you know. But so it's commentary, but i realize, realized, and we joke about it when like, we'll, I'll, we'll be listening back to it and then I'll make a joke. And then the recording me makes the same exact joke or the same exact content. I'm like, hey, if nothing else I'm consistent and I'm giving you my genuine thoughts. So I try to really take that into consideration, even though I know it is entertainment. I don't want to say unbelievable every time Mm because, like, what's the point? Right. Podcast and the sky doesn't believe in anything. (laughs) I think I think they know I'm definitely more skeptic than Charlie. Mm -hmm. But like, I want it to be like I want people to trust that I'm actually putting thought into it and I'm not just blindly saying one thing or the other. Listeners definitely get the benefit of the doubt, but I did feel like shit being like, man, this person took the time to write us in, and here I'm going skeptical. Yeah.
0: Well, it's one of those things where like you could. Frame it how you do, where you're just gonna, you know, believe it happened, but it sounds unbelievable. You know, it doesn't sound likely, but you said it did, so like who am I gonna to say? So, you know, I mean, there's like facts of life that I've heard. I'm like, that doesn't sound real, and it turns out to be completely true. (laughs) But I'm like, it doesn't sound like that would be real. So yeah, that's definitely a fine line to kind of balance with, especially with a user or listener submissions yeah it's it's tough so going into a little behind the scenes of your podcast do you have any tips or tricks for uh anyone thinking about podcasting or starting up
1: oh man oh man i would say it's tough because there's a very there's a there's a nice balance because i'm in i'm in a facebook group a couple of them for podcasters where it's just people like, what headphones, what microphone, have you guys ever tried this platform? And, and, you know, like we kind of, we're in our own groove. I think we've established these, this is what Charlie and I are going to use and we've upgraded things over time, but it's, you know, it's, I never want to be like, we've done it. I'm, I'm here. Like there's always things you can learn. So I'm always looking into these Facebook groups, but there, I mean, from time to time, you'll get people that are like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. What should I do? And Some people are like, just start, man, just do it. And then some people are like, make sure you have the best equipment possible. And I want to start off there before we get to content and say, I think it's somewhere in between Mm -hmm. where I do like, don't get the paralysis by analysis where you're like, I need a thousand dollar microphone. I need, you know, a studio quality space because then you'll never start. So what's the point? Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly expensive and you might realize five episodes and you hate it. And then hopefully you kept receipts (laughs) or got yourself gift receipts. But I also don't believe in the, hey, just get started. Who cares if it's just your phone? Because listeners will not keep listening if your audio is garbage. Like they just won't. Like I'm not saying it has to sound professional quality or, you know, like something that uh, would be part of a, a network or anything like that but if it sounds like you're recording in a basketball gymnasium, no matter what you're talking about, people are not gonna keep listening and that sucks. But I mean, there's ways around it. You can put a blanket up, you know, like we started with uh Blue, not Blue Yetis, Snowballs. I and mean, those are $40 mics. And you know, I'm not saying, oh, $40, that's nothing. But in terms of what you could be investing in your craft, I think a $40 microphone isn't the worst thing. Um, but then you have to worry about your space more. But I would just say be a little bit mindful about your sound because that'll turn people off immediately before you even get to your topic. But don't don't think you have to spend oodles and oodles of cash on things. But, you know, make sure sh- prioritize the sound. That's kind of like, don't just be like, whatever. I'm just going to start and see what happens because that yeah, assuming you never stop, that episode will always be there. And a lot of people start on episode one. And even if by episode 15, your audio is great. If episode one sucks that's a lot of listenership you could be losing out on. So that's that's one. And two, I would say batch record to start. You're probably not always going to be batch recording, but start out batch recording just to kind of give you four to five episodes to edit, learn the editing process so you don't you're not starting yourself out like like put out one episode, you didn't realize how long it was going to take to edit if you edit, which I recommend. Editing. <laughs> yeah. And then And then, you know, you get stressed by how long it takes to do the next one in the research or whatever. And then you miss you miss the week. Like I would batch three to five episodes just to have them. You can release them based on whatever schedule you'd like. And in the meantime, you can start, you know, if you're going to do social media, posting more research for your next batch. I'll be honest, Charlie and I record on Thursday. They go out on Tuesday. (laughs) Like we are not in the batch recording stage anymore. We started out that way, but life gets in the way. You get busy. We are, we're not topical even, which is, you know, I understand why a topical podcast would do it week of that's just, that's just our thing. And sometimes it gets really stressful, Mm. but so I would say batch recording for the purpose of consistency, I would say the number one goal of a podcast if you want to grow your listenership is to stay consistent so that you can become part of your listeners routine. If you release on Tuesday, release on Tuesday. If you release on Thursday, do that. If you are a podcast that is every other week or once a month, stick to it because like people have routines and if you become part of the routine, you're golden. I mean, and like if you go Wednesday, Wednesday, miss a week, Tuesday miss a week Tuesday Thursday miss a week Friday you know, people don't like and and it, it doesn't always matter people when they see it pop-up they'll have the episode but you want to be like hey it's Wednesday when I drive to work I listen to this podcast or I love walking my dog on Monday because I listen to this new episode and when it becomes that where people schedule it or kind of like we talked about earlier with like the walking dead like for mm-hmm. us it was We're going to get our friends together, order double cheese and bacon pizza, and we're going to watch the episode of The Walking Dead. Like when you can have people and podcasts are much easier than that because you don't have to be sitting down in front of a TV. You can be doing anything, running, walking, driving to work, working, you know, uh, cleaning, washing dishes. If you can do it in a way where they can trust you, you know, it's built on trust. Like this podcast will be there waiting for me at this time when I like to do this. I mean you're halfway there like mm. it, I always recommend the consistency to become part of someone else's routine because if you're not consistent then there's no trust and it's kind of like I mean I don't know how you feel about like movies or TV shows but it's like sometimes there's that like oh, man do I really have the energy to like what if this sucks right like what if this isn't any good like or what if it gets canceled like I hate this time about Midnight Club it sucks that I got invested in the show and it got canceled it's not their fault it happens But like, you know, you listen to a new podcast and you're like, they're three episodes in and then, and then they, they stop for a month. And you're like, man, I was getting into that. And then they come back and then they miss a week. And you're like, I can't like, like, you know, like it's kind of like the trust level where it's like, I want it. Like if you're going to do it, I'm listen, but there's a million other podcasts to listen to and you get forgotten. whether it's intentional or it's not intentional and it just, you know, you get replaced by something else. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are the two things i would say and there's there's so many other tips i mean what you talk about niche don't talk about yourself for the first 15 minutes of the episode um stay on topic provide value i mean there's a million different things but i mean an interview podcast is so much different from like what charlie and i do so like there's different advice and suggestions for each but i think across the board it's make sure the audio quality is at least something someone can listen to (laughs) and create a consistent schedule no matter what that consistent schedule may be Mm -hmm.
0: what are a few trials and tribulations you faced while creating your podcast
1: (laughs) our entire first podcast (laughs)
0: hey we can talk about it
1: (laughs) um okay So the first podcast we did was a podcast called the Segway podcast, which was a local podcast that we didn't want to be a local podcast. It was it was like uh, it was like a variety show, like Mondays, we're going to have these fun segments and we're going to review a local restaurant. And the second week, we're going to do these fun little random segments and we're going to watch a movie, a national movie. And then week three, we're going to interview someone local because we don't have the reach to interview anyone bigger than that. And then week four, we're going to talk about random scary stuff and we loved it. And it was a lot of fun and it was a lot less stressful than Believe in Bizarre. But it was like this moment where we just realized like content wise, like why would a listener who likes our movie reviews, what if they don't care about our, our restaurant reviews and who are we to even be reviewing restaurants? And if they like our interviews with artists in the area, well, what if they don't care about paranormal? So why would they come back week four? are they, am i really expecting the people to just listen to us every fourth week for certain things so and and we didn't want to just be a local podcast anyway so it was kind of like this this like wow we really liked what we were doing but the downloads aren't there and we re- and it was like we we solved the problem though it wasn't like why aren't people listening it's like oh because of this so i would say it it, it really just came down to us looking at this can't continue because it's such a time suck too. It's like, not that, not that it's like financial or you need to have a huge listenership, but just because, you know, like he was getting married, I was married, we were moving, you know, you get careers and stuff. It's like, if we're going to put this much time and energy into it, you need to get some type of return or at least like, even if it's not that, you can't do it every week knowing what the issue is. Like we knew what was wrong with it the entire time. Mm-hmm. So it would be just neglecting an issue that we already knew just for the sake of making life easier or just continuing to do it for whatever. So we, we had a moment where we said, we did it for a whole year though. We're like, we're going to not miss an episode. Let's finish it out, do it for a whole year. And we sat down and we were like, okay, we need to be focused. It needs to have one topic. What do we both like? And so we had this assignment for each other where we're like, just name, 15 niches 15 things that you could do a podcast about and not hate yourself and and we cross checked and Mm -hmm. he was like anime i was like "Eh, i was like sports he's like "Eh, eh." and then it was just kind of like we just started narrowing down these things and like video games but like what would that really entail like what what is a video game podcast it's like "Eh." movies and there's a million of them or you know like what what are we gonna do and then it kind of it came down to sorry you guys are great
0: no no (laughs) you're fine i definitely uh feel the pain
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's um there's a well it doesn't matter there's a another paranormal podcast film paranormal film podcast that's in the facebook group um i can't i think they're called like the horror virgin um i don't know if you've ever heard of them Mm. regardless you can kill you can kill in any niche it doesn't matter even true crime there's people that are killing in true crime that just started recently it's just a matter of how you go about things but Paranormal is what we landed on. Paranormal is the one thing because we we had that was our fourth week in the Segway podcast. It was called Paraformal. We were it was like first week food, second week cinema, week three VIP Paraformal. It was too much time was spent on that rather than what we were actually doing. But uh, we realized that paranormal was the the thing that that we could both talk about, and because I I like business, I have a uh, because of my marketing job. I had a business mindset and so when we made that pivot i was like i kind of want to treat this like it's a small business even though it's totally just a creative hobby like i want to have branding i want to have a font i want to have a very nice logo i want to pay we need to pay for a logo like i want to go into this where we have branding elements so when people see it they know it's us if someone sees a post they know it's us color scheme things like that like structure we're not just going to randomly bullshit and then Oh yeah. So today's topic is like no, we're like three questions, then the music, which you create our music, and we get so many compliments on our music. Like you killed it with our music. Your music is great too. Your kids of the podcast music was. You've always done good with that. But I I do want to say the music that you've given us is absolutely amazing, and we hear that a lot. Oh, cool. Um,
0: Glad to hear that people like it.
1: I mean, there's people with ringtones. Like, hey, can, like I want that as a ringtone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So people are being woken up for work to your music. I hope you know that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hell um, yeah. Or phone calls.
1: That's awesome. Um, which Charlie has gotten so much better at. I think at first it was intimidating for him. And I still think there's some aspects business-wise that he doesn't love. But the amount that I've seen Charlie grow, both... and And it's not like he, I'm just saying he needed to grow... I I mean, he's always been very good, but the amount that I've seen him grow in so many different ways since starting Believe in the Bazaar is amazing. And it's really awesome. And it's exciting to see where we're going to go from here. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know if we'd have the success we've had and hopefully we'll continue having, if it didn't have that mindset. And I'm not saying to have a a successful podcast, you need to treat like a business. I think there's nothing wrong with doing something for fun, even if, you know, nothing comes from it I think that's still it's it's a very low barrier entry creative project that's that can be very fun so that was definitely like starting was a trial and a tribulation I'm trying to think like mic upgrades figure out like a lot of technical stuff a lot of technical stuff Mm -hmm. I mean our first twitch live stream was garbage absolute garbage we did a live show last year for Halloween and we didn't have good enough internet so that was garbage well twitch um,
0: is its own beast and a half so kudos to you for uh even stepping foot into that realm so yeah there's yeah there's more i can say about that but i'll leave i'll leave that off the table for now it's
1: fair but um yeah <laughs> but the, i think it's been more of the technical things because and I'm very thankful for this. Charlie's so easygoing. Like when we had production meetings and I've, and I've brought one of my friends, Ben, in for another marketing mind. But like we, we generally have similar ideas on where we want to go with things. And, and if we don't, the other person is pretty open to ideas and open to trying things. So I, I, I feel like there's, we've had so much luck that certain things have happened and that we're both very agreeable and both willing to try things and things I might not want to do. He'll do or things he doesn't really want to do. I'm willing to do. So I would say a lot of the issues we've had would be technical. There's also like, I hate saying this. We could get a hundred nice comments. It's the negative ones that you remember a week later. And it sucks.
0: Mm -hmm. It
1: sucks. It'll be like, about something they didn't understand or maybe the way you explained something wasn't clear enough or there's confusion or like why did you cover this topic or like and it turns into running jokes which makes it even more long lasting memory wise mm-hmm. but it's like also learning to have a little bit of a thicker skin I think Charlie and I have both have gotten better at that too we've we've done a good job at not responding though like whether it's a Instagram comment or a YouTube comment we we never like i from the beginning i'm like we're not getting into fights we're not gonna we're never gonna do that type of stuff that's not worth it but um it's tough because like it's a vulnerable thing you know you're putting putting yourself out there and and you're you're asking for it you want the comments you want the engagement so you're asking for it
0: yeah you put yourself out there for criticism it's like part of the gig yeah and and that's like
1: like, we're not famous. We're not big or anything like that. And that is one of my biggest fears if that ever were to happen. Like, just, like, if it was just, like... Because some of these, like, I mean, TikTokers probably get it current. Like, YouTubers probably had the worst in, like, online digital spaces. And that's probably not switching to TikTokers. I mean, if you just go through the comment section on some of these people, mm-hmm. and it, like, turns into things about they're wearing, what they're saying, you know, how they look, you know, just, like oh, I love the video, but wow, it really looks like you've gained weight. I hope you're doing okay. It's just like things like that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, maybe that was not bad intention or, you know, you suck. I can't believe anyone listens. And it doesn't, it really doesn't matter because you can go about your day and it not change anything. But I like, I feel like there's going to be a day. I've kind of been like prepping Charlie and prepping myself at the same time where it's like, if we get to that stage, let's treat like it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. because you know that's the more the more growth you have the more that stuff's going to happen yeah for sure but yeah i would say mostly it's like where we should pivot and technical issues because i like twitch like like a lot of it's just trial and error which sucks because it always seems to be like live event things where it happens and like i got this new video software where you can like have different angles at the same time Mm -hmm. And it's like, I want to try it out, but I'm also like terrified to try it out. Cause I'm like, God,
0: if this messes up on something, what software know. is it? If you don't mind me asking,
1: um, what is it called? It's, um, do I have it on here? Do it's uh, reckon and go basically it's, it's it's like a platform where you can just easily have like your multiple phones and like different oh, cameras hooked okay. up to it oh, so okay. you have like one one area so it's like i was thinking how cool would it be if like during a next video you know we can have like camera setups up, so we're not like all scrunched in one screen it's like yeah. someone can sit there i can sit here and it's like we can like almost you know like a, a legitimate broadcast live yeah, stream that's,
0: yeah that's basically what a sw- it's a switcher yeah but it's you know it's, it's just another
1: thing but yep. mm-hmm. that's yeah we've been we've been very lucky for the most
0: part that there haven't been a lot of a lot of issues thankfully so earlier you mentioned your patreon do you want to go ahead and talk a little bit about what your patreon looks like and the, the different tiers that you offer sure Patreon. i have a love hate
1: relationship with patreon their customer support is garbage we we had this whole thing about switching to their merch, and it was every con, every like you can only email them. And it, every response I got back was no sooner than five days. And it was, it was just a mess. But that has nothing to do with what you just said and, and what I'm about to say. So we got four tiers. Uh, the first tier is the abducted, it's a $2 tier. Essentially, it's ad free episodes. So there's no ads. You get a shout out on the podcast, you get the ringtones, you get wallpapers. It's all that. Our second tier is bizarros. It's $5 tier. It's a lot of our early content that we put out. So it was, it's, uh, do you believe the bizarre where we get told multiple stories and we have to guess which one is real and which one was written by our producer. We have, uh, social media response. Every Monday we put out a question, you guys respond to it. We read them. We read your responses out loud. We respond to your responses and we comment on them as well. Uh, we have Beyond the Bazaar, which is basically just behind the scenes. We talk about what's happening in our life. And it's very self indulgent. Man, I, sh- I probably could pull up a list, but I'll just go through the gist. So it's a lot of content like that. $10 tier is when you start getting merch. We have a dedicated tier t shirt that you get after three months in that tier. We watch movies together on Netflix in this tier, where there's like a chat function on the side. Uh, once a month, we watch a horror movie. Uh, we do Google Meets. So if you're in that tier once a month, you can just jump on and we shoot the breeze for about an hour or so remembering the bizarre. Our producer quizzes us on our own episodes, which is I I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. Um just to see what Charlie and I can remember. Mm-hmm. And uh we also do um the director's cuts, which isn't a director's cut. It's a commentary. And then we have the newest tier which we just dropped this this year, which means you must really love us. It's a $25 tier called the Knot Tier, like the knot deer. And you get the t-shirt after three months, you get a hoodie after three months, you get an exclusive enamel pin that only lasts for one year immediately. We have quarterly virtual game nights. We do mini encounter based episodes, something else in that. But there's, there's more, we, we definitely overshot it. I wish we would have started a little simpler and built it up, but I really, I never wanted people to feel like the value wasn't there. I never wanted people to be like, man, I'm paying this monthly. And I don't feel like I'm getting that back. Like I would rather give more than like we spent. We spent six months planning our Patreon. What if we do this? What if we do that?
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: this is too much. Can we consistently, because it really came down to like what we'd want to do versus what we thought we could consistently do. Mm-hmm. But it really it really goes a long way. And we, we super appreciate the support and the community. I think one thing we failed early on was treating it like, uh, like a, a dumping ground of content. Like you just step in, drop the bag of content and then you step <laughs> out because people would comment on it and you, I, me and charlie would just be like oh someone said this i'm like cool oh next piece of content and and then people when when you they leave there there's an exit interview and people were like not as engaging as i thought and me and charlie were like what are you talking about we put out like 10 pieces of content in the last two weeks and then like there's just like we both had this epiphany where we're like wow, a lot of these have unanswered comments <laughs> mm, okay. because it's like it's it's easy to be stretched thin when you have an Instagram, a Discord, a Facebook page, a Facebook group, a Patreon, you know, and it's like a YouTube comments. And it it sucks because you never want to leave DMs. You never want to leave people hanging. But it's also like there's only so many things you can check. I mean, I could spend an hour just bouncing from like this to this to this. To the- Not that we're getting that many comments all the time, but it like it hit us randomly. We're like, wait a minute. We're not actually treating it like a community. So I think we've gotten better at that. But we, we super appreciate everyone in our Patreon bizarros. And I mean, we wouldn't have the studio. Mm-hmm. Like the studio would not exist. These mics that we use now would not exist if not for Patreon and the support we've had. So it really, it means so much to us. And, and we love, I mean, a lot of the content we do is stuff that we selfishly would want to do anyways. But we know it wouldn't be good for the main podcasts. Like the director's cuts or the, or the remembering the bizarre, like that's stuff that like, I don't know if it would fit. Like somebody who's never heard us clicks on an episode and they hear that they're not going to want to stay, but it's fun to record. Like a lot of the Patreon stuff is fun to do. So it's like to have a place to put that fun stuff and do it. And it actually be worthwhile is really awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. Was there anything else you want to talk about that we didn't touch upon? What is your favorite top two favorite horror video games? me top two uh again not a huge horror video game fan all things considered surprisingly uh i would have to echo until dawn just because it's more that's more like a movie let's be honest uh where you kind of really is decide things um wait really quick
1: did that game piss you off though when you know you didn't move the the controller and it's like oh yeah yeah we're set it on the ground
0: Oh, that's a I good need to idea. start I'm...
1: sitting on the ground like I'm not, apparently I can not move, so. so
0: yeah, yeah, definitely I think the towards the end when they're in the lodge and the Linda goes attack, I think that's how one of somebody died because i I, I think it's moved. the Hayden Panettiere. no, she survived <laughs> for me, so I don't know okay. in any case, yeah, I definitely uh, moved, apparently, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't even breathing, yeah, um. I would say I'd have to give it to Dead by Daylight only because that's my main streaming game. And yeah, I would have to go with that, even though it's toxic as fuck. <laughs> and the the people <laughs> who play it are not the greatest, uh, but it is the main thing that draws people into my Twitch channel. So I have to give it some sort of credit. I mean, it I, is fun I, for what it's worth, but...
1: I don't know if I heard it from you or if I heard it from Charlie. I heard that there was like negativity in one of your your chats or like one of your recent recent could be like three or four months
0: yeah i get i get uh i get harassed fairly frequently well i wouldn't say fairly frequently but so what had happened it pissed me off extra this time because i had taken a break from dbd and it was my first match my first match back and someone (laughs) came into my stream and just started berating me and i was like you know what this is why i took a break yeah is I, it just like not liking how you play the game Ah, uh, just saying i suck i don't know what i'm doing uh, you're terrible
1: i see i can't imagine i like we were just talking to another podcast and and we were kind of i think it might have been off the air like recording recording but off the air we were talking about like negative reviews just it's like it's stuff i would never want out there mm-hmm. but it's also i mean i guess it'll be now but like it's if from creator to creator, it's not something I want to say to our listeners. if when a creator is talking to another creator, there's certain things you guys both experience that is nice to to bond over even if it's like just complaining. Mm, yeah, but it, it's just like the idea of like, I don't know about you. I've never left a one star review ever. If I don't like yeah, something, I just move on i I just stop listening. Yeah. Now, it's like if I thought somebody was being offensive, if i thought if I thought somebody was intentionally, being like an asshole or something like that. I still don't think I would comment, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be like, I don't think your content's good. It'd be like, I think you're like, it's cause I don't think you're being a good person or something like that. You know, like yeah. like a Logan Paul, you know, in suicide forest, with like a dead body. Like, that's just like when somebody does something like that, I could see the negativity coming in. But when somebody's just like trying their best or doing something creative and like the negativity comes in where it's like somebody who does, like you're not doing this well. It's kind of like, but like that person in your chat, it's like they're that's really how they're spending their time. It makes me feel bad for them because
0: it's like this is what you're doing. Yeah, it's it. The reason being, they get so angry <laughs> at a video game, like they the tryhards. Mm-hmm. So it's just anger, and they come in and they have to let you know that you suck. Yeah. so i mean it's again, like you, you play the damn game like you know like you do it better I, right. don't, I don't i'm like oh that's weird i survived and you died okay but anyways I, yeah I got, I got two more questions for yeah you. what's up um I'm, I'm doing the interview now
1: okay it's actually very weird i don't like like i'm so used to interviewing even though it's not something we do all the time but if we do do it that's what we're doing I, I, it's like preparing, like I, I naturally go in interviewer mode, but so I, I do have two questions. So, um, we'll do, we'll do this one first. You, since you do Let's Plays or you've done Let's Plays, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite, I don't want to say just a favorite person that you've watched do a Let's Play, but maybe a favorite experience or a game or something you've watched? maybe Twitch, I'll open it up to Twitch. Is there a favorite game or a person or a person and a game experience that you, um. that got you into it or was your favorite?
0: yeah so i mean i don't have like a specific answer but i do in the same sense so basically i work with a charity group it's a not-for-profit called stream for a cause yeah. Um. so a lot of the content i consume is other charity streamers so it's not like one or two people it's really the vast majority of the people i've met that are part of this community that i've look up to and watch a lot of their content so i would say i mean experience wise it's being part of stream for a cause for sure uh i've raised 1300 i think wow. at, at this point across various streams and stuff that's still so, awesome
1: though that's still awesome
0: yeah so i think that experience more than anything else is the best for me um you know making a difference while doing something that's you know it's it's relatively a hobby for me still like as much as i would love to be able to stream every day streaming takes a (laughs) like a crazy amount of time i only stream like i would say four hours a week if i even get to do that just because if you (laughs) yeah that and then like if you stream less than three hours they really say there's not really a point to it bad as that sounds if you're like affiliate wise yeah just generally if like you're trying to make something out of it let's put it that way if you're doing it for fun you can stream for as long as you want but if you're trying to make it something people don't really tend to tune in and kick in before the two hour mark for a stream so if you're wanting if you're like well, why is no one showing up to my stream and and a lot of it is just if you're only streaming for an hour or so so i got you um where was I going with this? Yeah, it's mostly just a hobby still, but all the people I got to meet has, has made it worth it. Yeah. And the reason I keep going, and especially some of the people, like, I don't want to call them fans because they're just people I meet that come regularly and watch. And right? Yeah, viewers. I say listeners. The uh. viewers. Yeah, that's a good yeah. word for it. Even if, you know, a couple show up regularly, I'll still do do it all feel bad if i miss a stream because i'm like oh i know that person was looking forward to it kind of a thing yeah. so uh that's definitely kept me going as well
1: is there any chance this isn't the other question this is just a tag on this question are mm-hmm. there any chance you're getting it back into let's plays i know it's time consuming but like i i i vividly remember making soup and i was like why would i why no hold on and i got my laptop and i put my laptop in my kitchen and i and i was watching an episode of your let's play and while I was making my soup and I was just like, this is, this is nice. Like, it's like, it was the inclusion of like, I'm going to start including this in my routine. And it's like, I'm going to watch and play this game that I would never play. Cause it's so terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you are you going to do that stuff again? I'm
0: open <laughs> to it. Uh, but yeah. with the minimal time I have to even do things I have on my plate now, it would have, things would have to change. So for some context, I have two podcasts. Yeah, stre- just
1: quit the podcast. Streaming.
0: So <laughs> my card game which i'm on set three now it's so like four major projects i work on at any given time so if two of those three of those fail completely then maybe i'll shift back to there
1: you go a YouTube just, I, well, I hope nothing fails but i would if i'd love to watch you play the quarry on a let's play i would say one of my favorite and it's it's dumb sh- like i don't want to shout like shouting mr beast out it does nothing it doesn't matter i do i always shout out no sleep podcast i'm like they don't need this right one of my one of my favorite let's plays was watching markiplier play firewatch because he like got so personal during that and i loved the game and i loved watching him do it but like he told so many personal stories i think that's like what made me care about him as a person and why i started like i don't watch much of his stuff anymore but like i i just that was like an experience for me but anyway so my last question for the night
0: Is there a game or a movie you're looking forward to? I'm actually looking forward to the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's coming out soon, isn't it? Yeah, I think this this month. I think towards the end of the month. But I used to, back to Markiplier, actually, funny enough, used to watch him play Five Nights at Freddy. I've never played a Five Nights game. However, I've watched somebody play most of the games. And the lore is actually pretty interesting. I read the first novel. So I'm really interested in the lore and the gameplay and stuff like that. So I would say I'm uh, excited for Five Nights at Freddy's.
1: Nice. It's always good to have something to be excited about. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that.
0: Yeah, for sure. What about you? Anything uh, you're looking forward to?
1: Yes. I I play video games so infrequently now because of the podcast and life and stuff. It's like I'm so behind. Like I, I try and make it a social event with my sister where she comes over every other week. Mm-hmm. Like we're, I'm still playing the new Resident Evil 4 with her. And we started that a long time ago <laughs> uh, yeah. like like May you know we're not far at all but like I'm, I'm enjoying that like if I had all the time in the world I'd be super pumped about Alan Wake 2 coming out and I would I would jump all over that mm-hmm. I really want to I really want to play Red Dead Redemption 2 but I just know that it's such a time suck
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like I guess like I come with town I don't even want to start because I know it'll prevent me from doing things I feel like I have to do even though it's totally healthy yeah, you know. <laughs> to have, Al- something to decompress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that. Alan Wake Two eventually will be a game. I'll be very excited
0: about.
1: <laughs> that's fair. But I'm I, I'm excited that it exists. So that means, like, once it's out, I can play it whenever. So I'm glad that they took the time to make
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I uh the games I play nowadays are much more casual and chill. Like I play this game called The Isle, where literally all you do is you survive as a dinosaur. All you do is eat, drink, and survive. That's all you do. And I have, like, 200 hours in this game. Because, like, I'll play it. That's my, like, weekend game on, like, a Friday night from, like, 1 to 3 in the morning. I'll play the aisle. Like, it's yeah. my decompress. Like, this is the time I set for myself. But that's literally all you do is you play as a dinosaur. <laughs> it's so it's like, like
1: That's like the Sims for dinosaurs, you mm-hmm. know? It's like I love playing the Sims, so I, I totally get it. I yeah. think it's good to just... It's but it's like I have such an unhealthy mindset about video games now, and it's it sucks. It's like why am I busy leveling up this fake character when I could be leveling me up?
0: I know that sucks. I I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I've been getting more into reading again, actually. So
1: I like I read exclusively on my vacations now, which sucks. I I I, but I don't stop buying books. I go. I love going to the bookstore. Bam, or even like the Target. I'm a big young adult fan. YA. Mm-hmm. and i'll just keep buying these books but then we'll go to vacation for a, you know a week and i'll try and read at least like three of them i'm like well this is, this is it for this year
0: which is which also really sucks <laughs> i know i've been trying to make it my evening routine just to read because at least reading stimulates something probably more than and and you're not
1: looking at blue light or your phone yeah. so it's it's a very good post bed thing for sure. rather than doom scrolling twitter which is now x which is what i do
0: Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I would like to thank Tyler for taking time to discuss all things horror. Be sure to follow in the Bizarre on social media and check out the podcast. This has been Tara Talks with the 13 Degrees of Screams podcast, and I will see you next time.